Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T fam of this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is joining us. And we got the CEO of Double Bottom Trading joining us later on. So I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how this summer a spot Bitcoin ETF is likely to be approved, opening the floodgates for Wall Street liquidity. While the Digital Pound Foundation has come out in support of Ripple, stating the key components of the XRPL will fuel the CBDC market for years to come. Mark Yusko explains how crypto removes trust from the system, exposing how all fiat is backed by nothing. Former SEC Chairman Jay Clayton is changing his stance on crypto, stating an upgrade to the financial system is long overdue. And with the FedNow system going live this week, we break down the details, showing our community how central banks are creating the greatest transfer of wealth in human history. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we got a ton of great news today, but one of the biggest stories that we were yet to talk about, Fed Now is going to go live this week. So that's some pretty huge news. What's on your mind, my friend? Thanks for being here. Well, Abs, it is Merlin Monday. So happy Merlin Monday to everybody. But I Doing great, yeah, doing great. Billy shirts on his way, so don't blame him for that. But <laughs> good morning, everybody. How are you today, Abs? We had a, finally a nice weekend. It was great. It was warm. We got to take the boat out. It was a beautiful thing. Hopefully, everybody's doing well. And great to see everybody. Can't wait to hop into all the great news we have coming this week. Super G, we're not going to put you on the spot to talk about Ethereum, but what I saw from Jay Clayton this weekend changed my whole perspective. Jay Clayton said that the crypto adoption is long overdue, and he's the exact man who filed the lawsuit against Ripple. So we're going to talk a lot about that today, but how are you feeling? Thanks for being here. I'm feeling great, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I mean, it feels like forever since I've been on the show. So uh, it, it's just really excited to be with you guys. I get to be on with Billy because Billy's usually on on Friday. So one more week of, of, of this schedule, Abs, and then uh, starting next week, um, it'll be nice to have that freedom to, to be able to be back on the show and, and do all the things I'm used to doing. So, yeah, man, it's going to be awesome. It was a great weekend. Thank you, Gonzo. I'm really excited to have you back next week, man. That's going to be some great news. And, Billy, we don't have to call this Conspiracy Monday. There's enough true headlines to go into today. But how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for making time for us. What's up, my brother? It's always good to be here. I love seeing G, man. I ain't seen you in forever. We always get a good education. Uh, conspiracy isn't nothing but fortune telling, man. It's just the truth that hadn't been told yet, uh, but it, it's there. I just want to say a big congratulations to all the boot camp members that went through our boot camp, day trading boot camp this weekend. You guys killed it, man. It was another successful class. Amazing, guys. And with that being said, we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by showing you my Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is in what this morning, Johnny Crypto? A 55. We are sitting in greed, surprisingly. When we look at some of the daily movers, mostly right across the board, we got near protocol up 12% and Bitcoin cash up about 17%. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we're sitting at 1.18 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 50% dominant. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin back above 30,000, up 15% on the seven-day here, sitting at 30,400. Ethereum, 1,800. XRP is 48 cents. And Cardano is sitting at 28 cents this morning. And guys, I'm excited to play this video of Mark Yusko that was circulating on Twitter earlier this week. 
as he was talking about XRP specifically and how he's going to start doing the work. So I'm going to play this short clip and get this conversation going. Here we go. So you only got a couple of minutes left, but I do want to fire some quick XRP stuff at you. So everybody talks about who's on their advisor, their board of directors, and those types of connections. Pull out a $100 bill right now. And if you look at right here, that signature right there is Rosie Rios. Rosie Rios is now on the board of directors for Ripple. She was the former U.S. Treasurer of the United States. They've got thousands, not thousands, they've got plenty of connections when it comes to the Fed. And here's another one, right? Formal Ripple advisor, Marco Barr, will now supervise the Federal Reserve. We see the connections all over the place. And if you do join us again, I would love to bring up a chart. I just haven't spent the time. And here's the interesting thing. Yes, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. Um, and it was about Bitcoin, but it applies to Ripple or anything else. Every investor I know that I respect started skeptical of crypto broadly, of Bitcoin specifically. And then they did the work. And then they became a believer and a supporter. Every single one. There's only one guy, and I actually don't respect him very much. I shouldn't say that. Um, who, who just wouldn't do the work. And I think he's talking about Larry Fink there, Johnny. But what I do want to preface is BlackRock has already stated they are moving into the crypto market. And Forbes put out an article earlier this week $15 trillion are sitting on the sidelines yet to be invested into any market and crypto is looking better than ever. So with those statements from Mark Yusko, what does that mean to you, my friend? First of all, who was that little baby voice there that was interviewing him? Oh my God. <laughs> no <laughs> comment. That was just a year ago. Oh my God. And that short hair you had there. What a great, great uh, interview that was. And boy, how the show has progressed. Um, but nonetheless, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure who <laughs> who he was kind of thinking about behind the scenes there, who he was referring to. Um, but to me, you know, there were a lot of folks or we should say this quite a few folks abs, who, who didn't maybe put the work in or, or wasn't looking like they weren't putting the work in. But behind the scenes, they were accumulating and putting things in place for the crypto space. We've heard we've heard them all bash crypto. But the most important thing, you know, we learned, I think, from. Yusko was when these guys want to get in something, you don't tell anybody you're getting in. You short it, you fud the shit out of it. And by the way, you know who was a king at that? Our man right here on the rat snake weasel, Jim Cramer. That was actually his game plan. And he actually talked about it. Abs is he would come out and he would, he would ask his buddies because they would make connections to write negative stories about something. And then they would actually go and buy options, puts to short it to make it look like, oh, my God, this thing is going to crash. So they would do these little, they'd shake the tree, create some FUD, so everything would drop, and then they would buy it. So you have to understand, when you see stuff dropping, that's because somebody wants to buy it at a lower price. And Gonzo, that's exactly what we saw throughout 2022. And what we're seeing this morning is BlackRock come out and actually explain why they're excited about Bitcoin. They've got some representatives on CNBC explaining how Larry Fink has been an advocate for this technology for a long time, but they didn't want to bring it to the general public until they knew it would work. So I'm going to play this really brief clip here and then kick it right back to you, Gonzo. Here we go. It's always really pretty good, Bob. If BlackRock all of a sudden has filed for a Bitcoin ETF that's not futures-based, it's spot Bitcoin, right. okay? And Ginsler said, no way, that's not going to happen. But at the same time, they're bringing together some pretty good partners from a custody standpoint. They've got Bank of New York Mellon. They've got Coinbase. Right. They've got uh, an agreement, a surveillance agreement with NASDAQ to help with the security aspect of it. Keep in mind, BlackRock is working with the NASDAQ for security, and they're using Coinbase for custody 
while Coinbase is being sued by the SEC, here's the remainder. So they're trying to show the SEC that they're putting all the safety uh, things, uh, provisions in place to give them the confidence, to give them that acceptance of their application. I think the big thing we know is Gensler said, we're not going to do anything there unless we have the exchanges regulated and Coinbase right. is not regulated. But that's my question. Do you, do you think this is going to change their mind? I can't, without the, without the clear regulatory authority and they're not getting a bill through Congress. So now he's just resorted to, to essentially suing everybody. He's, he's trying to regulate uh, by uh, essentially by, by filing complaints. Yeah. Um, I don't well, see how this changes. If anybody can get it done, would you, would you bet against BlackRock? No. You know, they're, they're the beat. That says it all right there, Gonzo. If anyone can get it done, BlackRock is the company to do so. And this is exactly why, guys. They've got nearly $10 trillion in assets under management. So, Gonzo, floor is yours, my friend. There's a lot we can get into. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's the same pattern of behavior that you see. So if you look back at the gold ETF, right, and when uh, Chase was shorting gold so they could all get in, and then they approved the BlackRock ETF, the total market cap of the gold went from like $1 trillion to $10 trillion, right? Uh, and so they were able to pack their bags at the bottom after they were shorting it, and then they went long. It's the same thing that we're seeing right now with, with Bitcoin, right? And, and it's the same thing that always happens, right? If you think about like the dot-com bubble and what happened, right? You had the disruptors that came in. You had things like pets.com, right? Great idea. It was e-commerce, but the infrastructure was not there, right? You had like 2G. You didn't have Amazon or what Amazon became. It wasn't that it was a bad idea. We just didn't have the infrastructure. What do we have now? We have Chewy, right? So it's the kind of same thing right now what they're doing with Bitcoin. You had the disruptors that came in and now traditional finance, right? So it's almost like the disruptors broke the door down and now traditional finance is going to walk right through, right? They were telling you it was poison. They were telling you to stay away from it while they were packing their bags. And now they're going to promote it. And, and you know the SEC is going to end up eventually approving this spot ETF. And you're going to get a full, a full spectrum of assets, right? Now you could arbitrage, right? Now you could short, you can long. Right, you could hedge now because now you have the spot ETF, the futures ETF, you have the derivatives market, right? So you're gonna get this whole traditional finance kind of spectrum that's gonna come into the market and the narrative is gonna change. And Johnny, we're gonna talk about how this liquidity is gonna flood into Bitcoin, into Ethereum, and then cycle through the altcoins eventually. But we got 253 live listeners joining us. Gary Gensler says, hit that like button or get a Wells notice. So this is for your protection, guys. Smash that like button here. And Johnny, what I do wanna focus on is what Gonzo brought up right here. We're showing what happened to gold when they launched an ETF. Similar things could happen to Bitcoin. This is back in 2004. Gold was trading at about $410. After that ETF was launched, we saw gold go from 400 all the way up to just below $2,000. And here we are in 2023, still sitting below that all-time high that we experienced. So are you anticipating that we're going to see the same price action with Bitcoin? Or is this something completely different? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think it's something completely different. In fact, it, it's going to be maybe even, I don't want to get too bullish here. It might even be more you know, better than, than that, Abs, because gold was a a well-known commodity uh, for the longest time. People have known it, they invested in it. And so it's not really a surprise there. But when you look at Bitcoin, this is new to the world. Bitcoin's only, uh, uh, what, 
13 years old, 12 years old. <laughs> Bitcoin's a baby. So, I mean, there could be a shit ton of money. Sorry, excuse my language. A ton of money coming into this space to really, really, really drive it up, Ab. So I am very bullish on it. And if, and if, I shouldn't say if, but when, when the SEC approves BlackRock's ETF, because they will, if I were a betting man, I'd be betting on it. There's no doubt about it, okay? When that happens, Abs, there is going to be a floodgate of money because they already got the pieces in place. They needed the Bitcoin futures in place because they have to short it and manipulate it. All right, that's already there now. The only piece that's been missing is the spot ETF. When that comes, now it's game over. They have all the pieces to manipulate it. And so they're going to do the same thing they do to gold and silver with this bad boy. However, that doesn't mean we're not going to see a monster pump. I think we're going to get monster growth. And I think that chart is probably a, a fairly good representation of what we could expect. But again, guys, we're not financial advisors. I got people here asking us in the chat apps, is it safe to invest in crypto? Guys, if you're asking that question, you're probably not ready to invest in crypto. It's never going to be safe. This is a speculative market. You're risking. You have to know the risks you're getting in. And Johnny, it is a little bit funny that right now we're seeing the exact people that people that advocates of Bitcoin were saying we want to get away from BlackRock, JP Morgan, and all these central banks. Well, that's who's going to fuel this next bull run. BlackRock has 10 trillion under management. Bitcoin's total market cap is worth half a trillion right now. So before I kick it to Billy, tell me, what do you think? Is this anti-crypto the fact that BlackRock is going to fuel this next bull run? Does that not make sense to you, Johnny? Oh, I think he froze. Are you frozen, Johnny? No, I'm not frozen. No, no, he's here. Anti-crypto. No, just the opposite. I well, mean, the whole narrative behind crypto is that they're trying to separate from the central banks. I'm not sure if you heard my question. It, it, it goes into the against the ethos is yes. basically what you're saying, right? But like, unfortunately, like, again, this goes into this whole narratives thing that I always talk about, right? Does it go against like the ethos of crypto? Absolutely. But without it, right, you got to take your emotions out of it. Without them, the the space doesn't move forward, right? You need that liquidity. You need that money to come in. And so it becomes just like a narrative, right? And what you're comfortable doing. If you're into this space because you want to not be in the traditional space, then you're against it. If you're here to make money, right? Then you're probably for it. But just keep your emotions out of it. And this is exactly how asset classes become the 12th sector, right? You need these guys to come in as as shitty as it might be because it's kind of against that crypto ethos of why people sometimes come into crypto. You need it to legitimize the space. And that's just the world that we live in. Billy, I want to get some thoughts from you as well, but check out this latest article right here. There's a lot to get into when they talk about big time investors moving into Ripple and moving into XRP. And we have an article for our listeners later on showing that the Digital Pound Foundation that is creating a CBDC right now said Ripple is going to be a leader when it comes to Europe, as well as other continents throughout the world. And look at the key components that they're going to be building on. They're building on the XRPL to create these CBDCs. What I want to get back to here is 96% of financial experts that were surveyed had a keen interest in entering the crypto space, which is significantly up from just a couple of years ago. But here's the most interesting stat. 82% said that they were optimistic about Bitcoin, Ethereum, and XRP. 82% of financial experts are excited about crypto. That's a huge fundamental shift we've never seen before. So Billy, what are you thinking? I know typically you're not an advocate for Bitcoin, but could this be great for the whole crypto market? Uh, absolutely. Anytime you like, 
like G said, you, we need the liquidity. We need the big players in. But it's like a double-edged sword, man. Um, with BlackRock getting that and being able to do that, there's going to be a lot of manipulation going on. Uh, I mean, it's just like anything else in the world. When the big boys get in there, the manipulation starts. So you guys really, really pay attention to that. You know, uh, They'll get you on the FOMO. They're going to be pushing the shit out of it. You're going to be going in, going in, going in, and then it's just going to dump on you. It's just part of the what you got to do to be educated in all this and when it's happening. Um, it goes back to that old saying, uh, it's not even a question if they're going to get this approved because he who controls the assets control the world. So if you're controlling the assets, you can do anything you want. So it's not a matter if they're going to get it. It's just when they're going to get it. And then that also goes into correlation. Don't do what they're saying. Watch what they're doing. Watch the moves that they're going to make. And that's exactly what you need to follow along. Why? Because they control the assets. The two things that control the world, assets and data, they control all the assets. And think about this, Billy. It would only take 0.3% of BlackRock's total allocation to buy all of the Bitcoin and all of the XRP on existing exchanges. But guys, we got 297 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto, we're about to talk about how Jay Clayton is now an advocate for cryptocurrency. Let's stay on the BlackRock news here. BlackRock could buy all of the crypto on exchanges when it comes to Bitcoin and XRP with only 0.3% of their total portfolio. I don't think that speaks to the power of BlackRock. I think it speaks to how small the market is today. But what's it mean to you, my friend? Yeah, literally, that's exactly what I was going to say. This just shows you you're talking about a well-defined industry that BlackRock pretty much manages, you know, $10 trillion worth in assets. And we have now a new asset class coming into play, right? And so this new asset class we know is only around a trillion dollars right now. That's peanuts, compared to what the, what the world of asset classes are. And so um, from that perspective, they certainly can. And this is the danger is they could theoretically manipulate. They could buy it with a very small, but that's not going to, you know, they're going to manipulate it no matter what. The reality is the, here's the difference though. Right now we're in the beginning of something, which has a shit ton of upside potential that's coming. You don't think the big boys don't want a piece of that? Of course they do. And they're going to pump this so bitch like they never pumped it before. All right. But they're getting everything in place. And then they know that there is a shit ton of liquidity sitting on the sidelines that cannot come into this space right now. Many, many companies have said publicly and to Kevin O'Leary, we want to put one, two, three basis points of our investment into crypto and we can't. Well, when the SEC approves that Bitcoin ETF, let me tell you something. You're going to see a flood of money a flood of money coming into this space apps and it's going to change the game. And at that point, I hate to tell you, it's going to be kind of too late to get in. So for my man who asked earlier, is it safe to get into crypto? No, it's not safe, but it's also the, you know, it's the right time to get in. You got to kind of get in early because if you get in after all this stuff gets it done, well, you're just going to be a bag holder. So here's the bottom line. You got to get in when it's early and risky. You have to put in money that you know you can lose. And you're betting on upside potential. That's 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 that we that it's just so to me, it's obvious it's coming. But again, you have to feel that way. You have to be able to sleep good at night when you invest in this space. But abs, it's exciting to me of what's about ready to happen. To ask yourself, would you would you feel comfortable investing in crypto, which has a chance or the American dollar is just complete trash? <laughs> exactly. Really? There you go, man. Bronto, and I do want to and, and keep in mind. I was just going to say, keep in mind, too, that we're not sitting here saying that we're not going to have corrections because we are, right? Like we finally broke 30K. We are almost 32K. We made the new high in the structure, right? So we have this trend line that, that needs to hold 
that that goes back from the 19.5 correction to the 25. And then now where we're at now, you know, we're still like in this whole macro environment where there is no liquidity. So the price is going to move up and then we're going to roll over. And then, you know, what I'm looking for is the next opportunity, right? Later on in the year, when we get into that September, October timeframe, when we're going to get one more correction to kind of retest those lows, for me, that'll be the good time to dollar cost average. Uh, and then, you know, we move up into next year and into the Bitcoin halving. So just because we're saying, hey, this is super bullish for the space, it's not just all the way up, right? There's going to be corrections along the way. And we're about to show you a video of BlackRock CEO Larry Fink just showing how quickly the times can change. One second, they're anti-crypto. The next second, they're pro-crypto. And I love this price chart we're showing you guys now. This is the blockchain adoption that we experienced in 2017. Look at where it shows us. We are still in the early adopter phase Maybe we're in the early majority, but if we are in the early majority, we are on the precipice of the late majority. So this is what's exciting about everybody who's getting involved right now. There's no doubt we're too early. There's no doubt this market is yet to experience its massive influx of liquidity, whether it's CBDCs, Bitcoin ETFs, or just companies like this investing in crypto. The game is about to change. So here's a quick video explaining that. Is it true that you're building out a cryptocurrency capability? Uh, no. Um, the hits on BlackRock uh, on our website was 3,000 on COVID, 3,000 hits on a monetary policy, and 600,000 hits on Bitcoin. So what that tells you is Bitcoin has, is, has caught the attention and the imagination of many people. Many people are fascinated about it. Many people are excited about it. Is it true that you're building out a cryptocurrency? So, Johnny, this is the same man. What does that even mean? This guy is at one second, he's talking about how people aren't interested. There's no reason to set up Bitcoin accounts. This is the exact same time. These aren't even different time periods. He thought he was privately meeting with somebody at one point, but during the public, he's saying something completely different. So just Abs, did you hear of it? Hit the play button real quick. Listen to the first three seconds, right? Play, hit the play button again. Oh, well, we're not hearing anything. It didn't play. But when you listen to his response, when they ask him he goes, ah, 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 for like three seconds, that was his answer. So think about what's going on in his brain. He's processing in his brain. He knows he's doing Bitcoin, right? Or he's in the crypto space, but he can't actually say it. So he, as his brain is trying to figure out what he's going to say, he's buying that time. And you can hear ah, that right there was the clue, guys. Well, how Ready? Three years Here we ago. Go. He literally told you four years ago they were getting in it. If you were smart enough to to cut to process exactly what he was saying in that three seconds of ah, Is that was the yes. Cryptocurrency capability. Uh... <laughs> yeah, there you go, Johnny. There was your answer, Abs, right there. This is the kind of stuff. I'm glad we played that again. This is the kind of stuff, folks. You have to pay attention to and listen. There was your answer. Nobody's listening to that, right? What everybody listened to was the words he said. Well, what's the very first thing we always say on this show? And coach have been saying it for years. Don't do what they say, <laughs> do what they do. And you can clearly hear what he was what he he was saying one thing and doing another, and you could tell it right there. The clue was right there, Abs. That was beautiful, beautiful. Gonzo, I know that you somewhat agree with me when it comes to the stance that Bitcoiners were excited about moving away from banks, but now they're more excited about BlackRock and JP Morgan backing their currency. So what do you think? Where are we in this adoption curve that I showed earlier? I somewhat disagree because I think we're still in the early adopter phase until we get clarity 
on what these assets are. Once we understand that cryptos are not securities, or even if they are securities, from that point, we can move forward. And until then, I think we're in the early adoption phase. But what do you think, Gonzo? Yeah, I think it depends on the digital asset, right? So for the Bitcoiners, where it's been around a little bit more mature asset, you're probably towards maybe, like you're saying, the end of the early adopters uh, compared to like maybe something like Algorand or Cardano, right? Or even Ethereum, right? But when you look at it, it's all about emotions and how they manipulate your emotions. The time to build your positions into Bitcoin, if you're a Bitcoin believer, was when we had the max fear, right? When they were saying it was going to 6,000, 3,000, whatever. That ended up being the bottom between that 19,000 to like that 15.8 range. Those are the times the dollar cost average, right? There was max fear. Now, when you look at different assets, if you're a believer in Algorand, right? The, the time to be dollar cost averaging was when they were calling it a security, when it got delisted on Robinhood, right? Max fear. And if you look at where Algorand is, the bottom was eight cents. We're almost up 100% from that bottom, right? So you got to really like learn to keep your emotions in check, but also use them as a guide. When they are max fudding an asset, those are usually the best times to dollar cost average in, whether that's Cardano, whether it's Matic, right? Algorand, whatever the asset is. Right now, the altcoins are being beat up. They're already starting to recover, right? So it's different different assets and then different times. But if you use that gauge of emotion, like the fear and greed index, right? Remember where we were at? Remember when we were at eight or nines during that time frame? You kind of have to do that for each asset that you're trying to invest in, right? And right now, it's an attack on the altcoins, but Bitcoin is rallying. So for me, it's not a good time to dollar cost average into Bitcoin. Now, everybody's different. There are some people that believe Bitcoin long term, and it doesn't matter if they're buying at 19,000 or 28,000, right? That's kind of whatever their thesis is. But for me, it w- the time to dollar cost average was in that 15.9 level, just like the time to dollar cost average into Algorand is like right now, right? Same thing with, uh, let's say, Cardano, right? We're kind of close to a double bottom. So if you believe in Cardano, these are the times the dollar cost average. Not when everybody's talking about it, not when the price is actually running. That is not the time to get into it, right? That's the time you should be looking at pulling profits, right? Because here's what's going to happen with this Bitcoin narrative. Watch. As you get the spot ETF and all that, we've broken 30,000. Maybe we go up to 34, 35. There's a CME gap at 34. We can get, even get up to 40,000. People are going to buy and then they're going to dump on you, right? People are going to be buying Bitcoin at 36, 37,000. The price is going to correct. We're going to come down and test those lows. And then people are going to get dumped on, right? They're going to be under in their positions. You know, Gonzo, I got to build on what you said. You ha- and, and, and for me, the academy, this is where I changed my mentality. And I think a lot of you guys have too, is I literally buy when it doesn't feel good. When I'm questioning myself, that's actually when I buy. Because when you're questioning yourself and wondering, you know, because it usually it's a bad time. Things are down. It's in the red. I'm wondering how much lower it can go. And that's what I start realizing. Like, this is when I should be buying. Right. And instead, what happens is you don't buy because you think, oh, it's going to go lower. You don't buy because you don't know what's going on. And and so it's funny that you said that, Gonzo. I actually bought Cardano not that long ago at these prices because I'm like, this is, you know, they're being they're being sued. Everybody's flooding them. Everybody hates Charles Hawkinson. I'm like, oh my God, there's no better time to buy it. Like, this is the time to buy it. You know? So people ask you, Johnny, what do you do? Well, that's what I'm doing. I've been buying some of that. But I mean, to me, that is the key. And we heard, and, and you heard it from, you know, Yusko too. You, this stuff is going to get flooded out because that's how the game is played. And, and we're learning that here and we're teaching that here, guys. So 
Hopefully you're learning as well. You have to buy, like Warren Buffett says, when you want to puke, when there's blood in the streets, that's probably the right time to buy. Spot on, Johnny Crypto. And we got 356 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to close out this ETF conversation with a video of our friend Mark Yusko here. And then we're going to break down how $15 trillion could be flooding into the crypto space and specifically $5 trillion flooding into XRP. But we're going to break down this clip first. Here we go. I'm just not convinced that this matters in a bold-faced way. I mean, it seems to me that crypto and Web3 kind of lost the narrative. This was supposed to be the future of finance and the future of, you know, technology. A lot of people, the future of commerce, a lot of people were saying. Now that narrative has moved to AI and crypto is sort of more in the metaverse bin. Why is that wrong? And does this move and others like it that we're talking about today, does that move uh, crypto and Bitcoin specifically any closer to being in charge of the narrative again? Well, I, I think I think the, the narrative's actually completely wrong. <laughs> the idea that the digital assets are in the waste bin, you know, seems kind of silly to me. We're talking about a $1.2 trillion asset from zero uh, 14 years ago, half a trillion in Bitcoin alone. Well, but we're not talking kind of about silly to like, say it's, it's we're in not the talking about um, Johnny Crypto, give me some quick comments before I play the remainder. Oh, I mean, I think from that perspective, Mark's absolutely right. We're sitting on an asset class that's worth 1.2 trillion, right? So it's not a, it's not too shabby, Abs. We're sitting here. There's there's some real money behind this thing it's just not like this is a fluff and duff and it's going to go away and i don't even know if that's a word but i you know it, it's just the reality is i think we are really we have something here that has legs it's got meat it's wings it's growing tentacles and we're seeing it and I, and i think you know at some point abs it felt like everybody and their mother was trying to take a crash a crack at trying to kill crypto right i think you've seen it we're watching it live it's happening and then we heard our man Powell say the other day you know, when they asked him, is crypto dead or something, or, or is this still alive? He goes, it appears to be. <laughs> they, they took their best swing at it. But it is here to stay. And I think that's, you know, what Yusko's trying to say there is, what do you mean crypto's in the crapper? That's the narrative they want you to see. But the but the, the money is showing you that this thing's hanging strong around a trillion. And that's before we get regulation. Wait till when regulation comes in, when we get that Bitcoin approved apps. What do you think? Bitcoin's going to go up. That's a great question we should talk about. What do you guys think the Bitcoin, just Bitcoin itself, market cap's going to go up to once the SEC gives it that golden stamp to BlackRock? I want to hear in the live chat right now, if you guys think that we're going to go above $100,000 by the end of 2025 after an ETF approval, put a one in the live chat. If you think we're still going to be below 100K by the end of 2025, put a two in the live chat. And Johnny, we're about to change topics of conversation here because this is something even more important for our XRP holders. Former SEC Chairman Jay Clayton stated this weekend that blockchain adoption is long overdue. Remember, Jay Clayton is the one who filed a Ripple lawsuit just days before exiting the SEC. In his own words, he says the financial system needs an upgrade. What's happening in the USA? We're going to play this 18-second clip here of Jay Clayton describing how blockchain adoption is great for the banks. With all of that, what else is going on right now is the traditional financial system is looking at crypto or is looking at blockchain as a potential upgrade across the financial system, um, that it's probably long overdue. 
Gonzo, he said it's probably long overdue. So anybody who doesn't know about Jay Clayton, he's the man who filed the lawsuit against Ripple, then exited the SEC less than one week later. But here's what's most interesting about Jay Clayton is he won't publicly comment on the Ripple lawsuit, but now he's going around commenting on the Coinbase and Binance lawsuit. So there's a lot to get into, Gonzo. What do you think about Jay Clayton changing his stance on crypto, stating the adoption's long overdue? I mean, of course he is, right? Uh, I mean, he no longer speaks for the SEC, but I mean, it's just, uh, it's funny when you see this previous story and how that guy is basically pushing the narrative that it has no use case. But when you look at whether it's XRP and cross-border payments, um, you look at the store of value narrative or just building dApps on these different blockchains, whatever they are, right? Look at, like, there's a story that I I don't know if we're going to get to it, but or JPM coin, right? Built on Ethereum, where they're moving money um, uh, in in Europe, right? They did their first transaction on their private ledger, right? So how can you say that this isn't the evolution uh, of the financial markets, right? Even if it's just talking about stable coins, right? A lot of these banks are going to end up building their own stable coins, or they're going to end up using stable coins, right? We talk about this all the time about where we think Ripple's going to end up. You have one of the stories about the CBDC platform. Ripple's going to end up being its own bank, right? It's going to offer all these different services. And that is the evolution that we're talking about. So it's a total joke for that guy to sit there and say that, you know, basically the narrative has gone away and there's really no real use case here. Johnny Crypto, I'm not sure if you have any comments, but Gonzo brought this up before we get into the details of it. Ripple launched their CBDC platform for not only the development of central bank digital currencies, but also stable coins. And at the end of this show, guys, I found a video that is shocking for XRP investors as Volante is going to be using the FedNow service. And they've actually confirmed they're going to be using RippleNet because it's compatible. But we're saving that to the end of the show, Johnny. Let's stay with what Gonzo said. What's it mean to you? Well, you know, at the end of the day, the big battle that I see being set up here is JP Morgan coin solution versus Ripple. There it is. That's just, there it is. That's, I'll just put it out there right now. This is what I've always felt was, you know, why would they've been in the lawsuit? And so, as Gonzo just said, rightfully, that you just had JP Morgan running their first trial on the Ethereum network and you got Ripple that can destroy that system. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. But Ripple doesn't have anywhere near anywhere near the weight or influence that a company like jp morgan does okay so ripple's in for a monster battle that they're not going to win in the u.s can they win it outside the world globally well you see them out there already doing that they're out there and they're planting their seeds everywhere and you know maybe quant brings them all together so they work but so this is what i'm keeping an eye on abs in my opinion that to me is where i see and I maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to get get your guys' consensus of what you guys think. But when I see it, when I see the players lining up on the field, that's what I'm seeing here. And I'm just curious if you guys see it different. I just hope Garlic House doesn't need to take any boat rides like on the Titanic or anything. Yeah, last, time, last time JP Morgan put some people on a boat and tried to send them off. Jacob Baxter was gone. Guggenheim was gone. And then the you know the uh, the Federal Reserve came in, and now we got this going on. J.P. Morgan going to war. We got submarines sink, sinking by the Titanic. Whatever you do, Brad, don't get on any damn ships, man. Billy, don't that's Mike. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't go on any boats, bro. It's so true, Billy. If you know, think about it. If, 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 think about it, if the Titanic would have never went down, if the Titanic would have never went down, we'd never had the Federal Reserve. 
And that's just a fact, Billy. But what's even more interesting is this fact out of Ripple. Ripple's central bank digital currency platform is built off of the XRPL. And what I think is so exciting about this for our listeners is XRP, the digital token, is going to be the reason that these CBDCs communicate with one another. And that's what the Digital Pound Foundation broke down here. The ledger technology is powered by the XRPL and Ripple CBDC platform is built on a private ledger that uses XRP as liquidity. The issuer can can uh, enable the entire life cycle of the digital currency from the minting to the distribution all the way to the destruction of your cash. The operator also allows financial institutions holding significant amount of digital currency to participate in settlement and distribution functions. The last key factor here is that end users would be able to pay and receive for payments and goods the same way they use their banking app today. So this transition, although it's much more effective, Johnny, there's not going to be this big hurdle of education for the average investor. That's just some of the reasons that they think that the Ripple central bank digital currency platform is going to lead the way. What do you think here? I got some more stats at the end. Yeah, no, I think this is totally from a technology perspective. I don't think there's a better solution out there, Adam. I really don't. I mean, you, you know, they are, they have specifically and purposely and intentionally, good morning, coach. We love you, brother, designed Ripple to solve for this solution. I mean, that was their main focus, right? And so that was how it was geared up. And I think they still have the lead in that aspect. And But the problem is, I don't think the, the one flaw, if you go back, is I don't think they made the right partnerships or the right partnerships they had fell apart. And that's why they're in the where we are today with this whole thing. But I'm hoping that we see at some point, at some point, the the way I feel is at some point the the better technology because it's going to be a lower cost solution will usually tend to find its way there. Not always, but I do believe in this case that will happen. That's kind of part of me that gives me that why I've got that horse in my stable because. When you just have such a good solution, it's very, very hard, you know, for it to eventually not find its way through. And in in most companies by now, abs under the attack that Ripple has been would have folded like a two dollar bill, all right. But you didn't see that happen. You see Ripple say we're coming. Well, we got our banks, our 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 bank account is cash flush. You know, they're flooded with cash. They are not giving up on this technology. They're going to drive this thing around the world. And I truly believe because of that, for those reasons, I believe that Ripple is going to survive and be a big player in this space. Amazing, guys. And we got 381 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Look at this. The BIS did a report earlier today discussing how the unified ledger is going to change finance forever. I'm going to play this one minute clip and then I'm going to show you a document where Ripple and Stellar are referenced in the system he is talking about here. I've outlined a blueprint for a new type of financial market infrastructure a unified ledger that integrates CBDCs, tokenized deposits, and other tokenized claims on financial and real assets. Such a system not only improves existing processes, but also unlocks entirely new types of economic arrangements. And in this way, it can, it can improve the old and enable the new. There are many possible use cases, but the full potential of the unified ledger will only become apparent uh, with time as developers build on the platform. And here we can reflect on the experience from our own daily lives. We have all become accustomed to the seamless operation of apps on our smartphones. In many ways, the impact of smartphone apps on people's daily lives has far exceeded the, expect, uh, the initial imagination of the builders of the platform. The same is surely true of what is possible with tokenization and the unified ledger in unlocking entirely new types of economic arrangements. So in this respect, what I presented to you today 
is likely just the tip of the iceberg. What's so exciting about this is that people often talk about the next crypto bull run coming in with liquidity. We think about cash entering the crypto market. What the head of the BIS just described there is how the tokenization of assets is going to bring an influx of liquidity that people can't even imagine. Tokenized real estate, tokenized stocks, tokenized bonds, all of these things are going to be coming to ledgers around the world. We can debate if it's going to be XRP or Stellar, but we know for a fact they're launching these products on ledgers. They have to do that. So here's an interesting document out of the BIS connecting directly to what he said. In Project Marina, to trade and settle for wholesale CBDCs with the BIS, Ripple and Stellar are two blockchain-based companies trying to make value transfer cheaper. Ripple provides various services, including the use of their native token XRP, which is roughly envisioned as an international payment medium or a wholesale settlement coin. So what does it connect right back to, Johnny? What we said about central bank digital currencies on Ripple CBDC protocol, the BIS agrees as well. XRP is the liquidity between that allows these technologies to communicate. Mic drop floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, I guess the question is, I would love to know when he talks about the unified blockchain, what is he, defer, you know, what is he discussing? Is he talking about you know, something like quant that brings it together? Or what is, what is that whole piece of it? We need to do a little more deep dive and investigation on this whole concept of the unified system, because you're going to have multiple opera pieces running. And to, he's right, by the way, all coming together is what's really going to bring or unlock the true value of this system in place. Just the way when they you know, started creating apps and thinking, hey, this could mean something, but they never saw how big the potential could be. The same exact thing is going to happen here, apps. Stuff that you and I can't even think about today is going to be things we're going to be using and playing with and you know, adopting five to 10 years from now, but we just don't know because there's so much potential and so many different ways this thing can, can play out. But to me, the whole, you know, the thing is, this is 100%, not even 99.9. This is 100% validation that the blockchain is here to stay and some form of cryptocurrency that's tied to those blockchains is going to be here to stay. And the real question is, and I agree with mental, like the unified ledger is a very interesting concept. What that's going to look like, how that's going to work, and what the layers are to make that up, boy, that's something I got to start researching into. We're going to want to know that because you're going to want to invest in those pieces. Gonzo, at the bottom of this document, it also references how financial regulation is going to be necessary for the adoption of these assets to take place. But we got 390 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, there's a lot we can get into, but let me just throw out one more statistic before I hear your take on XRP. Forbes argued the possibility of a storm rocking the crypto market following the revelation from Laser Digital, a digital asset subsidiary of a different bank. In its recent survey of professional investors managing nearly $5 trillion, exposing an overwhelming desire to start investing in cryptocurrencies like XRP, 96% of financial experts expressed interest in entering the crypto space, citing its potential to diversify portfolios and revolutionize investment management. Like I said earlier, 82% of these advisors were also optimistic about Bitcoin, Ethereum, and XRP, while 88% of their clients were considering entering crypto today. So this is the liquidity. We also talked about tokenization. I'm feeling more bullish than ever. What are you thinking, Gonzo? I think you're spot on when you talk about the uh, tokenization of assets. I, I think it was uh, Quincy that was on with us, I remember, uh, a while back, and he talked about the XRP ledger and the liquidity as far as like you have a stock that's Japanese and maybe you have gold in the US and how do you like, you know, merge those two worlds, right? So that you could sell your gold and buy the Japanese stock. Cause the way the system's set up right now, 
uh, it's closed garden. It's very difficult to do all that. You got to use brokerage firms and you've got to do a bunch of different steps to get to the end game. And being able to tokenize all this stuff and put it onto one ledger gives you not only the liquidity, but the ability to be to move seamlessly in between these different asset classes. So um, I think you're spot on. Um, you know, we've said this numerous times, history is going to see if we're right or not, that we believe that Ripple is going to become its own bank. Um, when you're looking at like the difference between XRP and XLM, for me, you know, I, I'm just leaning harder into XRP. Um, I looked at both charts. They're not super healthy, but the XLM chart is not as healthy as the XRP chart, right? Like you get all this like bullish news and all these things that they're building. Um, and it's just a bigger argument for if you're a, an accredited investor or hopefully when they change the laws, if you can invest in Ripple pre-IPO, that's really a really, really strong play, right? Because it's just separate than the XRP thing. Because when you see that everything that Ripple's building with their CBDs, uh, CBDC platform and all the other stuff that they're doing, it's bullish for the Ripple, the company, right? We haven't seen that translate yet into the XRP price action, right? We've just been literally hovering in these ranges um, and, and it's probably going to be some time until we get the resolution of the lawsuit till we see positive price action and, and XRP. But when you look at both charts with XRP and XLM, definitely XRP is doing much better than XLM. But that, but Gonzo, remember this. If you're buying it when it looks good, it's probably too late, right? This is probably the right. time to buy XLM. And, 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 and the reality is I have to pull this code. So I actually was buying it at eight and nine cents. I mean, at eight to nine cents to buy something yeah. with the potential it has, right? And again, not financial advice, not financial advisor. But again, this is, goes back. I don't bring this up, Abs, because it's, it's literally the discussion we were having earlier in the show. If it feels uncomfortable or doesn't feel good, right? But I mean, look at that chart. Actually, we're getting a little slightly higher highs if you look at the lows. Um, but so the reality is, yeah, I mean, it doesn't look great, but that you don't want to be buying at those peaks, guys. You want to be buying in the valleys. And right now, we've been in the valley for a while. And uh, at some point, you know, I would imagine, Gonzo, if XLM becomes the tokenization coin, right, that tokenizes the world, well, then this chart is going to change dramatically. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Gonzo. Uh, go ahead, Abs. Two points. I'm going to kick it right back to you guys. But one of the things we realized about uh, Stellar when it comes to XRP is this is the sister token for a reason. Every time XRP is moving in price action, we see Stellar moving. Now, whether the news is related or not, these price charts are somewhat correlated. So if somebody's just entering the market right now, something to go and observe is how the Stellar price chart moves typically right behind the XRP price chart. Well, we got 404 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, before I get your take on tokenization, the second thing that's important to know about Stellar is that they're constantly in Washington, D.C., and Jed McCaleb manages to skate through these SEC lawsuits without being touched. So two big components there. Speaking to the tokenization, the free pass that Stellar could receive, what do you think, my friend? I mean, obviously, it's a great technology. Yeah, so I, I think just to clarify, uh, you know, I, I believe in the technology of XLM. I just don't believe in it enough to have as a big a position in my portfolio as XRP does, right? XRP is my number one asset. And, and so am I going to do a comparable to XLM? Me personally, no. It has a position in my portfolio, but I kind of treat it like some of the other aspects where no more than 5% and everybody's different, right? But Johnny's right. Like when you're looking at the prices, 
you know, we could double bottom at like six cents, but is there a big difference between six cents and nine cents? I mean, ultimately we didn't just like XRP, we didn't break all time highs, right? In the last bull run, we had a good run, but it didn't match the run after it was first created, right? Like the first peak, that was the all time high. We didn't make a new all time high. So structurally uh, it's not as, as healthy, right? But XRP kind of did the same thing. So it's definitely going to take probably the end of the lawsuit, some regulation and some other things that come into play to finally move that price action all the way back up to where we're getting close to all time highs. But like Johnny's saying, the time to dollar cost average isn't now. It's not, you know, when that happens, it's right now, right? Uh, and like I said, you know, you could get, when we're talking about what could happen later on in the year, when Bitcoin decides to kind of retest some lows, um, you know, you can see maybe an eight to six cent um, XLM. And I just want to correct myself. I think mental, like I might've inverted that correlation. I believe XLM chart rises just before XRP. So I inverted that comparison there, guys. But this is some of the breaking news from today. We got 400 live listeners here. Do us a favor and smash that like button because we're about to go over something you're not going to see on any other channel. Ripple partner Volante and FedNow service provider says that customers can now use XRP on its platform since it's connected to Ripple and Volante and selected for the Fedwire service. This is huge and we're going to get into it. But right before, we're going to show you the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Guys, it's the smartest way to track your crypto when you get 30 days access absolutely free. So go and check out the waitlist, the first link down below in the bio, and you're going to get access to our Merlin application. We'd love to hear your feedback. With that being said, guys, this is the breaking news out of today. As FedNow, we've often speculated that the Ripple versus SEC case may need to end before FedNow services go live because some of these banks include RippleNet products. Well, what did we just find? Fedwire has approved the RippleNet products to operate in their system and we even found a video of their CEO discussing the partnership between Ripple and Volante, leveraging the XRPL for faster payments. Uh, detail in depth in, in the particular products. I know that there's a lot of new things that you're working on. Some things that you'd like to share with us. Sure. Uh, today, I think we have announced one more product, uh, which uh, uh, helps the latest technology, blockchain technologies, that is open ledger uh, technologies. We are already uh, just out for the last few months, I guess, uh, with one of the companies called uh, Ripple. And we have already partnered with them and we have a working product and which we have demoed it here. Uh, and we are going to demo that to a lot of our customers as well. And we're going to- So the audio is a little bit difficult, but what he says there, Gonzo, is they've officially announced a product with Ripple and they're already leveraging it at their bank. Well, that product that they're using is compatible with FedNow. So the question I have for you is how is the Federal Reserve going to use RippleNet while the SEC is suing them for being a security? 
You know, I, I don't know much about Fed now to make comments about it, but it does seem like it's an oxymoron. But then again, it's the government. And so when does the government ever make sense, right? The only question is, is this going to, is, is all of this bullish news or Fed now coming online and whether RepelNet is being used or not, does that correlate to price action, right? Uh, and so far it has not. So it remains to be seen. So we'll see what happens because we really like, we've just been ranging. We're like at 48 cents again. Uh, you know, we really need to get above, uh, I, I don't have the chart in front of me, but like literally I think it's 60 cents, right? Like 59 cents. We need to conquer that level first and then the next level and then the next level after that. But otherwise all we're doing is just ranging. So it's awesome, right? It's why we believe in Ripple and, and, and XRP, but um, until it correlates to price action, then, um, you know, we're just kind of just talking about the news. Johnny Crypto, what are you thinking, man? The price chart, we always say, show me the chart, I'll tell you the news. The XRP price chart does look extremely optimistic. And with the news coming out of the Federal Reserve stating that they're compatible with RippleNet, I don't know if that's going to be included in the judge's actual trial, but it has to be in her thought process here. What does it mean to you, Johnny, before we move on? You know, it's going to be, it's, it's interesting. I, I, with Gonzo on the Fed now, I, I believe they use something called the metal blockchain. I'm not so sure what its ties are to Ripple or, X or, or XLM apps. So that's something where we need to dig a little deeper and see what, what is going on in that space there. But I do believe that, um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to, they're moving in this space or this right direction. We know that several of their partners are there, so don't be surprised if something's happening in the background. And like Gonzo said, they're the government, so you know they can they can really do what they want and use what technologies or systems they want. Because you know when you and I talk about, you know, you keep saying, "Well, can they use it if it's security or not?" Rule. Well, the reality is, if we're using it to buy and sell, that that's one scenario, one use case, and that question is secure or not. If the government is using it to do a transaction. And, and 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 not using it per se or advertising it for growth potential, which they're not, it doesn't really necessarily qualify as a security under that aspect. So again, very, very interesting. A lot of intertwined stuff happening here. And we're gonna have to wait to see how this plays out. But I don't I'm not so sure right now the metal blockchain taps in or uses Ripple or the ODL, but that's something that we you know we need to dive a little deeper into and see how exactly that whole system works. Guys, we're going to close this episode out with a fantastic video at the end. But before I do, I'm going to show you some ties between XRP and Antarctica at the end of the show. Here's 60 seconds of Jay Clayton changing his stance on crypto and stating he doesn't agree with Gary Gensler's enforcement actions. Um, we're in a clearly transition place in the SEC from where you were to where Gary Gensler is. Uh, there's, there's, there's no, I think we'll get no dispute in this room that there's a difference between the two of you and the way you handled the SEC. Um, Gary's clearly out there pushing sort of the limits of the SEC. How do you look at that today and where are the, the limits of sort of power of the SEC? Um, and then we're going to bring the real expert in to talk about it from a, a, a constitution standpoint. Okay. Okay. Well, well look, I, I would say that 90% of what the SEC does and Dahlia will confirm this is daily blocking and tackling. And the SEC does that well. What we're really talking about here is rulemaking. And and uh, the extent of regulation, and I'm and I'm on record. I think that the SEC's proposal around climate disclosure um, goes well beyond the bounds of the SEC's both authority and expertise. Apply that same concept to crypto, Billy, and that pretty much explains what we're going through today. I'd like to get some brief comments, and then I'm going to play our last video.
when people ask how can they, how can the government uh, promote something and turn something on while they're suing, it's because the government. If y'all don't know by now, man, there's two sets of rules. There's rules for us and rules for them. As long as you're a government and you hold the keys of the kingdom, you can do whatever you want and you can say whatever you want. And unfortunately, whoever controls the money, controls the information, and obviously controls the people. Secret meetings in Antarctica, guys. This is some pretty exciting video we're going to close out the show on. Back in 2021, Brad Garlinghouse, uh, Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, and David Schwartz went down to Antarctica for something they're yet to explain. We're going to show a brief sketchy, yeah. a brief clip here and then go back to the group. Here we go. Every single country has signed a treaty that you can't do anything in Antarctica. No one can go to certain areas in Antarctica. And no one can own Antarctica. Hitler at one point went to Antarctica with like 40-something virgin woman. 40 virgin women. And there's no reason behind it? They had like a official meeting. They still have official meetings. The leaders of XRP that created XRP went to like this World Economic Forum giant meeting in Antarctica. For no reason. They just went to Antarctica to have a meeting. Why would they do that? Well... That's what we're here to discuss, my friends. Let's start with Gonzo. We got a couple of minutes. Why do you think they're going down to Antarctica? Don't get us killed here, Gonzo. I don't know, bro. I've never seen that before. I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say, because maybe there's different laws that don't apply. But, bro, how do they even know? Are they saying that Brad Garlinghouse went to Antarctica, bro? Yes. Is that, like, even proven? Yeah. Because David Schwartz took pictures down there. Actually, yeah, we checked it. Schwartz actually... Was on vacation there. He tweeted it. We checked his Twitter. Hey, check page. out, check out Justin Trudeau and his father. There was a, be- uh, a speech that Justin Trudeau gave, and he talked about the time that he went to the North Pole. And you listen to it, bro. It's just not another North Pole trip. There's actually something going on up there. And then ask yourself this: How come this is the only effing thing in the world that every one of these fucking countries can agree on is to tell us that we can't go through some ice wall? We can do anything else, but all countries—Russia, China. U.S., all these idiots who can't get an agreement on a cough or a flu or anything like that. But all of us can come together and say, nope, you cannot come bring your ass out here to this ice wall. That makes me just want to go just for that. Unless you're Brad Garlinghouse, guys. And I just think it's an interesting conversation because whether you believe in conspiracy theories or not, these guys went to Antarctica to have an event. Point blank, let's end the conversation right there. That in and of itself is very weird. And then David Schwartz posting all these pictures and saying that he's there with Klaus Schwab. It only adds to the weirdness, but we got 396 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and thank you for being here today. We're going to close this episode out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Billy. And thank you to Johnny Crypto, the man himself. Uh, We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And this Wednesday, we're going to be having Tony Edward on the show. So I'm really excited for that. We're going to close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining Let's go. Let's go.